Hope's Harbor, a gritty Bible devotion with Chris Bradley. Being born again, justification, sanctification. The key verse for being born again, John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The meaning of born again is regenerated, making all things new. A key verse for justification, Romans 3.24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The meaning of justification is to render innocent. The key verse for sanctification, John 17.9, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. The meaning of sanctification is to make holy that is, purify or consecrate. For Jesus, it was the act of consecrating himself to us. Sanctification for us is the act of being set apart from our old ways of life. The Holy Spirit does this, but we must submit to the process. And it is a lifetime progression of spiritual growth. With redemption already available, and then we respond to God's calling, it is at this point an exercise of our faith our belief is necessary. We must ask God to forgive us our sins, and then regeneration coincides with our new spiritual birth. Through justification, we are allowed to stand before God as innocent. Therefore, we stand before God no longer under the death penalty. When God views us as free from the condemnation of sin, He adopts us as children through the new birth. The next step in the process of salvation is that of sanctification, of being set apart for God. The devotion focus, our new birth justifies us to be set apart for God. When Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3 he must be born again, Nicodemus asked how is this possible? As part of Jesus' answer, he said what have become well-known verses, John 3.16 through 18. Verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This act of belief is faith in action. Verses 17 and 18 For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. On a side note, these verses refute the false teaching that we have no responsibility and no choice in the matter of being born again. Listen to a paraphrase of what Jesus said, Whoever believes in the Son. God doesn't just choose people at random. He did choose to provide salvation, but left the choice of whether or not to accept it up to us. That choice is our responsibility, because love is a choice. And while I'm at it, let me address predestination. If there is in your country a train that goes to a distant city, that train is predestined for that city. If you choose to get on that train, you are now predestined for the city the train is bound for. God provided the train, but you and I must choose to get on it. There is more about predestination in Romans chapter 9. This passage concerns God's sovereign design in creating people, some of whom will end up in heaven 
and others who will end up in hell. The passage must be interpreted by Romans chapter 10, verse 9, which reads, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Take note of the word if in verse 9. There again is the choice we have within God's sovereignty. D.L. Moody illustrated the two truths this way, and I'll paraphrase. When we come to the door of salvation, we see the invitation overhead, whosoever will may come. When we pass through, we look back and we see above the door the words, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God. So then we have the freedom and the right to choose God's offer of salvation because of the justification Jesus provided. We are justified to ask God's forgiveness because, and only because, Jesus died in our place. He took our sin and gave us his perfect life by the new birth, resulting from faith. I linger on this point because, and I reiterate here, Jesus said in Matthew 7.21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. This verse, I believe, reveals the state of many church members who hold an intellectual knowledge of salvation, but never obeyed the scripture by being born again, and as a result, are destined for hell. Why do I believe this is true? Listen to Jesus as he continues his declaration in Matthew. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practiced lawlessness. I'll let you figure out what Jesus means when he said, depart from me. So for Christians, there remains a lifetime of work by the Holy Spirit called sanctification. Even though sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit, we have a part to play. And we do this by reading scripture. The Spirit takes the Word of God, plants it in our hearts, and begins to transform our lives. Here's a verse related to this transformation. Romans 12:2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transformed in this verse comes from the Greek word from which we get the English word metamorphos. It means to transfigure and is the same word used of Jesus in Matthew 17.2 and Mark 9.2. These two verses contain eyewitness accounts and describe what happened when Jesus was changed from his human appearance to that of his royal splendor as God the Son. We see an example of this when a caterpillar changes to a butterfly by metamorphosis. In summary, When a person expresses by faith the desire to be forgiven of sin, he or she is justified in asking for and receiving a pardon. This act of faith brings new spiritual life, eternal life, to the one who seeks it. Then the Holy Spirit begins to change the new child of God through sanctification into the image of Jesus. Sanctification is evidenced by the way our mindset and behavior begins to change. The Word of God in the Bible is the primary tool used by the Holy Spirit to change us, to transform us, and get us ready for heaven. The Action to Consider Take the time and go to the show notes for this episode at hopesharbor.net. You can highlight, copy, and print the notes. Then study the verses by reading them and the surrounding verses in your Bible. This will have several effects on you, one of which is a sense of thankfulness for all you have as God's child. Furthermore, 
Having a deeper understanding of what God went through to save you will better prepare you to explain the gospel to others. You will be able to fulfill the requirement in this passage, 1 Peter 3.15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Next week's devotion, The Attributes of God. You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, gritty Bible devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.